Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up out of bed to pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 106 Praise the Lord, or give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord, or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. Our ancestors, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, so that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea and and it became dry. He led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. Judges chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagoim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly for twenty years. At the time, Deborah was a prophetess, a wife of Lapidoth, who was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing ten thousand from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulon. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulon and Naphtali to Kadesh, and ten thousand warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had separated from the other Kenites, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped as far away as Elon Bazananim, which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out his chariots, nine hundred chariots of iron, 
and all the troops who were with him, from Hirashath Hagoyim to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day on which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot, while Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harasheth Hagoyim. All the army of Sisera fell by the sword. No one was left. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Here ends the reading. There's a lot going on in the reading today. Um, I will only skim over the story of Deborah, the, uh, a female judge over Israel, who um, prophesied that this victory over Sisera... Um, who had oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, that um, she prophesied that because Barak was hesitant, that the victory or the glory for the victory would go to a woman. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not actually Deborah. Um, But I do cover the story of Deborah in my second book, For God and Country, in that order, because as a judge, she was uh, a kind of um, commander over over one of the tribes, or, or a couple of the tribes, depending how you read it, uh, of the tribes of Israel. Um, and also, I mean, Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God, I can go on for hours about the relevance of using military uh, metaphor and how that's totally acceptable for Paul because of this this line that our, our struggle, our fight, our just war, our jihad is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the powers and the the status quo and the way things are, um, and he, he goes down this list of um, Roman armaments, uh, most of which are defensive, so the helmet and the breastplate, and the the one offensive weapon, which is the sword of truth, is literally saying just the word of God, um, and so it doesn't really it doesn't cut flesh and blood; it cuts bullshit, basically. Um, but what I most interested in and what I think is not known as much as at least I would like it to be is this final uh, verse in Psalm 106 which is um, which it's actually a a penitent psalm the subtitle um, is a confession of Israel's sins 
And as I mentioned elsewhere, I don't like to use the subtitles because they're not in the text and you don't know whose confirmation bias you may be uh, reinforcing. But it talks about um, our ancestors have sinned. We didn't, you know, we weren't in awe at your wonderful works in Egypt. We rebelled against you. And um, even though God did all these things, and then it said, and it's talking about the parting of the sea, and, he, and God saved us from the hand of the foe, delivered them from our enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. And that psalm is in reference to Exodus 15. This is at the end. They've, they've escaped um, Egypt. They've gathered up all their belongings. They ate, the, they ate quickly with their shoes on their feet. And this is commemorated in the, uh, the Passover, the Pesach. Um, this meal um, that they eat in haste and then they run off and then all they have on them is like clothes maybe their livestock and then the jewelry that they have disposed of the uh, uh, despoiled uh, uh, from the Egyptians so they've got a bunch of jewelry and anything they carry probably clothes and canvas for tents and that's it and the song this is right after the sea is closed up and they look back and in Exodus, it's the first point in the Hebrew Bible where God is referred to metaphorically as a warrior. In fact, it's how the song of uh, Moses begins. Uh, our, uh, you know, our God is a warrior, and I think the term warrior is misleading because it assumes that the central function of that thing is to make war. Um, and that's something like a mercenary. That's someone who wants war. You might think of as like a war monger. And I prefer to use the word soldier because a soldier serves. Um, a soldier it, fighting may be part and parcel to their duties, but it is not it is not their essential function. So in the United States Army, for example, their primary mission is to um, is to reinforce and defend national policy, and you don't do that with you know weapons of the flesh and weapons that can draw blood. Um, but it's it's interesting to me, and one thing that I really appreciate about that text, despite it being very um, I don't know patriotic or belligerent or something or nationalistic, um, is that when um, Jewish interpreters came across this line in scripture in the 4th, 5th, 6th century onward as the oral tradition was developing the Mishnah and the Talmud uh, there was there's one tradition, the Babylonian Talmud that records that, that references this verse from scripture God is a warrior and you know the, the Israelites singing and dancing on the far shore of the Red Sea it interprets or it it comments upon this through the lens of faith and through the lens of the universal context, which is what is God doing in this moment? And the Babylonian Talmud records um, God looking upon the Israelites, whom he has just saved by killing um, all of Pharaoh's army, all of the Egyptian firstborn uh, with the Passover um, and he looks, God looks upon the angels who are joining the Israelites in song and praise. In fact, the, the line from the psalm today 
um, is that they sang his praise. And God, of all the people, all the angels, all the Israelites, God is the only one who, who isn't singing. And the Babylonian Talmud, it records God asking, uh, speaking to the heavenly host, saying, I have destroyed the work of my hands, and you sing praises. It's this, uh, this moment of horror for God that Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army could not listen to reason, could not be humble before the Lord's people, and it essentially has left God no choice but to destroy God's own creation, which causes God grief. And the angels and the Israelites don't get it. And they sing praises of God, not for, not simply or straightforwardly for um, saving them from their enemies, but destroying something. Like you, There's a lot of different ways you can save something. But if the only option is to cause destruction, to do violence, and you think that's somehow not something to be grieved, you may not be seeing it from God's perspective. A prayer for our enemies from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead us from prejudice to truth. Deliver us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us to stand reconciled before you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.